You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. World Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sharon Klein Hour. The power of water and global warming and your health. Concerning your health, every week where we join each other worldwide, internationally, for all of us to get together and learn more about how to take better care of ourselves because global warming will not go away. And the power of the water, of dry air, and concerns of your health are very important to myself and our guests that we have on every week. Today we have a very exciting guest, a doctor from Manhattan, New York City, who has been uh, specializing in dry eye and the concerns of what happened with 9-11, too. And it sounds like his, his mission has been very concerned about taking care of your health and wanting to pro- provide you the education today about your eyes and those concerns. We'll take a moment for our uh, sponsor, our commercial, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Welcome back to the Sharon Klein Hour. Uh, we are excited today to have uh, Dr. Robert Lackenny. And, and, Doctor, are you with us? Yes, I am. And pronounce your last name again for me because I want the listeners to be able to, to know how you pronounce it. Lackenny. Lackenny. Okay. We're today here with Dr. Robert Lackenny, uh, who's from Manhattan, New York City. He's an ophthalmologist and board-certified corneal and external disease eye specialist. Doctors, thank you for joining us because I know how busy you are, but also I I was excited because it seems like to me you had a mission with your concerns about the individual eye and uh, what people can do for dry eye. And since 9-11, it sounds like you gave a lot of time to help those who were victimized by what happened. Yes, well, first, thank you for having me, and, and uh, yeah, I certainly sound like I'm on a mission. Uh, you know, I'm Tell us a little bit about your background and what started you into the, I know everybody I've ever interviewed that's in the any medical field or any field, there was some reason they got into it. Did you have a particular reason why you chose to get into ophthalmology? Ophthalmology uh, was based pretty much on my brother. He was a few years ahead of me, and, and uh, he told me to go ahead with it and, and uh, just listened and went along. It's, you don't really get much exposure in, in uh, medical school, so unless you have some sort of connection, uh, you don't really get that exposure to decide if you like it or not. So if someone tells you it's the way to go and, and you go that way, and I'm happy I did, and uh, I'm not looking back. How long have you been in ophthalmology? I uh, let's see, over ten years now. Uh-huh. Did you believe at the time, years and years ago, how extreme what was happening? Uh, to, do you ever believe what's happening today with the eyes? No, I mean it's uh, it, 
you know, I, I still learn every day, but basically uh, it, it remains to be probably the most sensitive part of the body, and people take it fairly seriously, and they get very concerned when something doesn't happen the way they want it to happen, and, uh, you know, people get frightened uh, when things aren't going uh, well for their eyes. You know, uh, doctor, uh, I have an evaluation, and you might uh, critique me. Sure. I, be- I have an idea that the first medical practice could have been on our Earth, the planet Earth, was somebody saying they could have had the broken arm, they could have had all kinds of things go wrong with their health, but when somebody said, I can't see, I'm having trouble with my eye, with whatever they would call it, that somebody decided you've got to see to get around, we'll, we'll try to see if we can help you. I wonder if that was the first medical field because how serious your eyes are. Oh, no question. Uh, you know, you, you you hear about various things. People would rather, I've heard, I've heard even patients say to me they'd rather lose a limb or what have you than lose eyesight. And uh, you know, when people can't see to get around, uh, the whole world changes. And and uh, you know, I'll say it again, they get frightened. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, something that's very common and it's growing uh, as almost I would call it a crisis. I, I'm sorry to sound that serious, but dry eye. Yeah. Tell me, that's one of your specialties. What do you? What, tell us something. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, well, basically, it's not only my specialty; it's all I do. I've converted my practice into 100% seeing dry eye patients only, and I think I'm the only ophthalmologist in the world that does that. Really? Uh, there are people that have interest in treating dry eyes, but they do lots of other things. Uh, the practices, I have four practices in the tri-state New York area, and, you know, they're fairly busy, and, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are millions of Americans that suffer from dry eyes, and in a basic sense, it's basically not having enough moisture to coat the surface of your eye, and it sounds simple enough, um, yet... If you hear uh, the complaints from my patients, it is quite debilitating. It can affect their daily activities of living, uh, affect their job performance. Now, this cause possibly, uh, let's even go as simple as a drowsiness and, and that weight behind the eye. And sure. Does sure. it cause allergies? Yeah. I, well, it's certainly the, t- the tiredness and drowsiness. I mean, very often I use the analogy... You know, you get someone who works at a computer terminal the whole day, and by oh my Monday, goodness, can we start, we'll talk on that one today. Yeah, and, and yeah. We, we these people uh, are exhausted by the end of the day, and all they want to do is get home and, and close their eyes. And it's not because they've, you know, run a marathon or, or done something uh, strenuous. It's just because they've been staring at a computer all day, and mm-hmm. and their eyes dry out, and they become tired. So that drowsiness uh, comment is is certainly right on, and it's people. You know, who get tired, their their productivity goes down at work. The eyes are dry, and it's causing a sensitive reaction to other things that are happening. Of course, definitely. Explain to our listeners how serious that is. Now, I'm I am really excited to hear you're specializing in that, and we're going to let that word out. Uh, we're going to get that word out for you. Sure. Uh, because I, I, uh, to specialize in dry eye, every doctor in the country and medical facility should know there's somebody that is specializing in this seriousness. 
Yes. Uh, you know, uh, the moment you were born and you entered the air you breathe from that water bag, and then all of a sudden your body is vacuumed up with a serious air of dehydration and absorption of moisture is gone. Uh, your eyelid opens, and the eye is exposed as an organ unless the eyelid is closed. It's the only organ of the body that doesn't have the skin over it all day all day long unless the eyelid is closed. Am I wrong? You are correct, and, and uh, you know, it ends up being the one place that lots of diseases get uh, or manifest themselves uh, as the first presentation or first symptom. You know, you talked about allergies and you know, allergy sufferers, one of the first places that they're exposed to these allergens is the eye. And the symptoms of allergies and dryness are very similar. And they can, uh, because they're exposed, they, they experience redness, irritation, tiredness, uh, blurry vision. Uh, and, you know, I bet, doctor, it would cause anxiety. Yes. Well, that follows. You know, it definitely follows. You know, first the symptoms come upon them and, then they get all nervous because something's not going uh, right, and then they get anxious and, and uh, hopefully make their way to the doctor to, to find relief. Well, you heard, you know this, but I've been told that the worst uh, complaint of every, and every doctor has every day uh, with in, either in the ophthalmology or any practice is people saying, my eyes are so dry. Yes. And um, how many, are there prescriptions that cause dry eye? Yes. Um, so, you know, you made a comment that the, uh, so the most common patient that goes to see an eye doctor or ophthalmologist or optometrist is a dry eye patient. And, uh, well, and an allergy specialist. Yes, an allergy specialist. And, and your comment about what medicines, uh, sure, there's, there's a list a uh, hundred or more long that can cause dryness. And they range from allergy medicines to, uh, oral uh, contraception to postmenopausal hormone replacement therapy, to high blood pressure medicines, to thyroid medicines, uh, antipsychotics, all these medicines and as many of them uh, can cause as a main side effect dryness of their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do you think about what's happened with forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls and chemistry indoors? Yeah, I think it's certainly not helping the eyes. And that, of the most important thing I can describe to a patient, what they can do with their dry eyes is make their environment uh, the most comfortable for their eyes. And locking yourself up in a small room and having forced the uh, air blowing towards your eyes or in a, driving a car and having the vent blow directly towards your eyes, that only will dry your eyes out more and your symptoms will get worse and you'll get more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And you have to establish that perfect environment. Have you noticed in your practice that a lot of individuals are very surprised when you say that their eyes are that dry? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get the people that are very Internet savvy and learned about that themselves, and they know everything about dry eyes, and they come see me. And then you get this person who comes in and thinking they may have dry eyes, and I come in and I tell them they have severe dry eyes. Um, yeah, they are a little bit surprised, and they've never heard about it, and they've seen several eye doctors before. No one's ever told them. And, you know, dry eyes doesn't get the the same clout that the LASIK eye surgery or cataract surgery gets because it's not a surgical condition and it's not an exciting disease. Yeah, it's not an exciting disease. So mm -hmm. a lot of eye doctors don't really give it the time of day. But, mm -hmm. you know, these, these millions of Americans are kind of fed up and, and they're really looking for, for relief and, and uh, they're going anywhere to find it.
I'm just uh, very pleased, and I hope the listeners understand, you just said today that you specialize in dry eye, and I have been in that field, uh, in the medical field for a long time, doctor, and I've never heard one doctor say that they were going to specialize in it. I'm, I'm very pleased, and I guess I was right on today to mention the, uh, the fact that our listeners, you have a mission. You must have found that that was a very critical problem that was happening around uh, with a lot of patients from all ages. I don't, I'm sure you have them come in very young, maybe even young infants that are having uh, the runny eyes and, and, the, and the allergy of an eye or too many common colds, and their eyes are affected because they're so dry. Yeah, no question. I mean, it comes in all ages, all, all age groups. Even though the most common might be over 40, uh, there's a, another huge group of, of older teens and, and early 20-year-olds that have been abusing contact lenses, so, you know, for 5, 10 years, and that contact lens trauma can irritate the surface and can cause uh, worsening dryness, um, and that's a huge number of people. Um, and their well, eyes look... Because possibly, uh, you used the word abuse. Yep. You think it's because they didn't read the directions correctly and do exactly what was... Uh, you know, I think that's part of it. I mean, you know, when you're a teenager, there's a bit of Im- immaturity and you're not uh, watching things closely and carefully and, and uh, you know, they're just so fascinated the fact you don't have to wear glasses and, and all of a sudden... Uh, uh, you maybe take a nap or sleep with these lenses, and they, they yeah. deprive the surface of oxygen, and yeah. it just damages the nerves, and it ends up causing dryness. You know, this is something we might discuss with our, for our listeners to hear, because you have such um, wonderful information for health reasons, um, uh, and that mission is coming out with your tone. Um, have you noticed people today are not, are, they are abusing, they're not reading the directions. And then if things don't go right, they go back to the manufacturer and blame the manufacturer. Yes, and I, you know, I'll go even a step further. Not only is it the patient not reading the directions correctly or following the, uh, the instructions, it's probably also the doctor's fault because uh, they're not there explaining carefully and spending that extra 30 seconds or a minute or two and hand-holding, the, you know, little hand-holding and basically explaining to the patient exactly what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. That's something that you and I might do together here in time is think of how we could work together because I've thought this, I've had an evaluation with my research that what is happening is individuals must take responsibility. Yes, no question. And, and the doctor might forget, but then the doctors, maybe we could have an educational plan where the doctors learn to give them a little flyer when they walk out the door or we could post something on the web to reassure and take responsibility for asking questions of your doctor when you leave, read the directions thoroughly to make sure you're taking the whatever's been suggested, the, whether it be your contact lenses, the solution, the eye drops, whatever it may be, that you're, you're, you're studying to evaluate what is best for you and your health and take responsibility. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion for both the doctors and the patients to have some sort of checklist handed out at the end of the exam, and, and uh, the patient should be able to follow this uh, easy-to-read, simple checklist and things to do. And I kind of have some sort of variety of that in my office. And now, I what, find, do, what do you do uh, to explain to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, indirectly, I, I guess the, the first uh, exam, I spend quite a bit of time with the patient and explain to them thoroughly exactly what needs to be done. 
but you'd be surprised how many people you tell that to, and in the next visit they forget. So yeah. I added a instruction sheet on what to do. I write it down. If I ever sense doubt at all, I'll just write it down in person or hand them out some sort of instruction sheet, and that seems to, to help. But it does require uh, uh, frequent visits and, and um, going over each thing and making sure they're doing it correctly, and, and I think that's important for the success of the treatment. I'm wondering if it's possible to have an internet relationship to where you can just push a button and you're and once a month you're reminding them of what you tried to tell them when they saw you. It, yeah, I forget. I, people forget today. Um, we are all guilty. Yeah. Of, of what we forget because we're so inundated with so much going on in our lives and communications and. I've almost said to many people, Doctor, uh, many times I've mentioned this, have you thought that when your radio is on, the TV's on, you're walking around, the family's walking around, the dog's barking, you've got a life, you're moving around, you're doing all these things, what you might be forgetting about during the day for your own health and responsibilities because you're so communication, everything is tugging and pulling at you. Oh, I, I think that's a great comment. I think compliance is a major issue and across all of medicine and uh you know, we've all had, so I've had a sore throat and had, was given an antibiotic prescription. And, boy, a number of times I've missed uh, the pills that I was supposed yeah. to take. And so everyone's guilty of, of noncompliance. I'm going to ask you a question just there because you opened it up. When you were provided your antibiotic, did your doctor tell you or you did you have the instinct to your pharmacist that you drink adequate water to make it work? Yeah, no, they, nobody tells you about that, and it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you, you know. It's, uh, what happens if you're not drinking enough water, it won't work. Yes, I, I would agree. And uh, so it's, it's not only remembering to take it uh, and taking it to the exact directions that the physician had told you to take it, but drink the adequate amount of water. I, I agree 100%. Um, back to our eyes, uh, the major organ of the body. Um, uh, this is serious to me. I remember years ago when I was brought to the table to study uh, dry eyes and the tear film, and there was nothing for the tear film. And people have to realize that the eye, your eye, the health of your eyes, which you're obviously you've made a mission, is vital to the health of this all people on this earth from the moment they're born until they pass. Uh, people need to take very serious the health of their eyes. Um, let's get into for a moment also, and we'll be taking a break pretty soon, but do you offer any um, any uh, nutrition hints? Sure, sure, quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, actually, I wrote a book called The Dry Eye Remedy. It came out a few months ago, and it's the first book written to the general public about the topic, and it goes over everything in a very basic fashion. And in that book, there are dietary suggestions, and it's very uh, focused on omega-3 fatty acids and and uh, getting rid of the bad foods, eating the right foods, and uh, drinking the right quantity of water, and, and uh, it's a very natural way of, of uh, alleviating the symptoms, and, and uh, so far it's gotten uh, pretty good reviews. Where does your book sell? Um, so our listeners can afford it. Yeah, it's available. It's got its own website, the dryeyeremedy.com. DryEyeRemedy.com, and it's available pretty much in every bookstore, uh, but certainly available on Amazon.com or okay. BarnesandNoble.com. Okay. Now, uh, this is important, uh, listeners, um, because uh, re please find that book because that is a very important factor to your health. And I think before we're done with the doctor today, you're going to hear 
that dry eye is causing a lot of other symptoms that you have never thought about before. And it could have, uh, be the fact that you're not, you've never read the directions, you've never understood what food you should be eating, you're not watching yourself uh, and tuned to yourself of what responsibilities you need to take. And the doctor has taken a mission, I believe. Uh, I think that's an important statement to help um, millions of people learn more about what dry eye symptoms are. Uh, when you have a, a patient come in for dry eye symptom, what is a big, a major complaint, though? What is what is it they say? Is it burning? Itching? What is a major complaint? I think the probably the most common complaint is blurry vision. Blurry vision. And most people don't think of dryness as cause. Most even physicians don't even think of blurry vision as you know, ding, 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 it should be dryness. It's, uh, it's a very confusing symptom, but not having that perfect coating over your uh, eye surface will result in blurry vision. And it may be clear one minute and blurry now, the when next. When you say perfect, does that mean it should be 100% healthy? Yeah, no question. And uh, so having that perfect tear film is, is essential for good mm -hmm. quality vision. Doctor, we're going to take a break, and, and, and we will come back. from. And this is very exciting. I, I want to thank you for I know how busy you must be to take time for us to sure. discuss this. Uh, we're going to hear from my sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Thank you for returning. Uh, this is Sharon Kleiner-Elwer, and I'm welcoming you back to uh, the power of water and global warming and your health. It is very important that you take responsibility and learn as much as you can uh, from these shows about your health. And once the show is completed live, it will be reproduced and put on the uh, World Talk Radio full-time, and it is an international show. Uh, today, I'm sorry, we cannot take any callers because of some technical difficulties, but we will make up that to all of you in time. Uh, Dr. Let's go back to your book. I was excited to hear about that book, and I'd like to help in my small way to get that word out. The name of the book is The Dry Eye Remedy. Yes. And it's selling at Amazon.com and where else? Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and pretty much should be in every bookstore across the country. Uh, but even if it's not, you can order it. Now, how much is the book selling for to our listeners? Um, it's $14.95, okay. $14.95. Okay. I'm going to uh, purchase some of those books okay. and listeners, and I, want, I, want, I really want to tell you how important I believe this is. Dry eye had been overlooked for decades, and it became a symptom that 
every, as you know, doctor, uh, it was overlooked. You just said it today that uh, the patient is very surprised they have a dry eye, and doctors are not saying much. Um, but they weren't. It's because they weren't specializing in dry eye. Am yes. I wrong? Yes, no question. I mean, it's it's still overlooked, and it's overlooked probably by every eye doctor. And uh, some people don't think of it as a serious condition, but when you have it yourself and you're suffering and nobody's giving you any uh, uh, treatment or ideas for, for improving the situation, it gets frustrating. And mm-hmm. uh, these patients are very unhappy uh, because they feel like they're getting uh, bounced around from one eye doctor to the next. And uh, and that is, I've heard that is happening because the doctors, even I've had doctors say even their family members are upset with the doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they're not helping them with their dry eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, definitely an issue, and, and you're not talking about a few thousand people. You're talking about millions. Millions. Of I know. I have uh, read up. I have read about the uh, how many the millions of people. But I have said to the world, I would say there are multi multi millions because you just said today a blurry eye. Yes. Uh, you would just said today drowsy. Yep. You said today allergies. Yep. And you've said today all these different symptoms that if a person would stop to evaluate, they pro- everybody has a dry eye of some symptom. Oh, I agree. And it, what makes it even more confusing, and sometimes not only is it it, it uh, just passes on by, sometimes it's misdiagnosed. And I, I agree with you. You know, you, the doctor thinks you might have, say, allergy or, you know, an infection, but in fact it might just be dryness because dry dryness. Air, dry eye and allergies. and They all have the same symptoms. Now, what are you finding, um, I'm sure you, I, 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 I'm, I think I know what your answer will be, your answer will be, and I think our listeners might too, but any individual who's on the computer today, mm-hmm. do you get very many of those patients? That's probably my most frequent uh Occupation-induced dry eye patients. I know. Uh, what is your evaluation of this? Isn't it, this could become a crisis? Yeah, I mean, certainly the computer use is only going up with Americans. So, do you uh, hire anybody that can't use a computer? Uh, have, I'm sorry. Would you hire anybody in the office that you would find very important if they couldn't use the computer? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I know. This is what's happened with this huge, uh, uh, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and it's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse, and uh, individuals have got to take an occupational health concern. Sure, sure. And learn how to take care of themselves. Yes. Don't blame the computer, and don't blame uh, the the management and the owner of the company and the corporation. What is the individual going to do but probably go to your book, Yes. Dry eye remedy and learn more about how to take better care of themselves so they're more productive at their work. Yes, no question. I mean, there's uh, not, it's not the solution of get a new job. There's, there's things you can do to make that little computer environment more comfortable and uh, so that you can still function. Uh, what are some of the recommendations you offer with your patients to make it more comfortable? Sure. Simple tips would be as simple as raising your chair and looking down on the computer. When you look down and looking down, not straight across. Yes, because when you look straight across, your uh, upper and eyelid, upper and lower eyelids are more spread apart, so you have a larger area. When you look down, your lower, your upper eyelid comes down a little bit, so there's a smaller area. 
So the smaller the area, the less the piers have to work to cover the whole area and the less dry you'll be. So looking down will make it easier for your eyes to uh, be more moist. Now, how often should be uh, how how often should they take a break? I would say every 15 minutes because uh it, And when you say take a break, the, the employers will probably say, "Uh-oh, uh, what do you think what break would be if they're sitting there? Oh, well, even even if you can manage a one-minute break would be fine. You just got to turn so you're away. Closing your eyes for a moment. Yes, closing your eyes, moving around, doing some other task that doesn't require concentration. Because when you're looking at the computer, you're just staring. And when you stare, you don't blink. And when you don't blink, you're not spreading those tears over your eyes, and you get dry. And, of course, having your bottled water there to sip on and sure. help nature's tears eye mist. Sure. Well, those are great suggestions. Yeah, no, that replaces a... moisture lost because of the dry air. Um, what about uh, any eye technology that you could exercise, like you close your eyes and kind of roll your eyes to one side and roll them and give them a little bit of exercise? Is there anything like that uh, when you close your eyes and give your eyes a little bit of exercise with the lid closed? No, I, I think there's no technology available to okay. do such a thing. But, you know, like you said, the nature's mist uh, uh, moisture. You can have, uh, you can even put a humidifier uh, by your computer station, giving more moist air. Any sort of uh, increased moisture, increased humidity locally. Well, near... I'll tell you one that might, you might think about that I've always said about the humidifier is you're forcing it in the air rather than letting it take it gradually. They could, and I've offered this advice to many people, is put a, a bowl of water or yeah. something, a vase of water uh, in the area where others can uh, enjoy the moisture coming in the air because it's so dry. Yes. Uh, then you're not forcing uh, that moisture in the air uh, against its will. They, as you know, the air has to pick that up with nature. Yeah, no question. That's actually mentioned in the book, that putting oh, a, a bowl of water even oh, near a reading. Oh, you did mention that? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's in there. It's and I've even said, uh, doctor, that when people go to bed at night, have always leave it on your nightstands, a bowl of, of, of attractive-looking uh, yes. pieces yeah. of water. Yeah, no, that'll work. That'll work. It'll work because then yeah. the air picks up what it's missing. Sure. Yeah, that's why you have evaporation of water in a in these fountains. And if you have a little fountain in your house, how quickly it evaporates water. I agree. Now, back to the nutrition, which is also one of my favorite subject matters. Is, mm -hmm. um, what are some of the foods that you would recommend? I know there's a book, but for our listeners to hear, what sure. are foods? Uh, well, the largest study done on this uh, was done in Harvard on 37,000 women, and they looked at the, their consumption of tuna fish. And they found, since tuna fish was high in omega-3 fatty acids, the greater the intact take of tuna, the less the severity of dryness uh, symptoms. And the, well, was that tuna with oil or tuna with water? Uh, it's probably a combination of both. Combination. Uh, good oils, not just oil in general, only uh -huh. the good oils. And if you had a uh, less of an intake of the tuna, you have uh, greater dry eye symptoms. So <laughs> anything with omega-3 fatty acids and obviously increasing uh, uh, water intake will uh, contribute to decreasing your dryness. What symptoms. about green leafy vegetables? Green leafy vegetables, no correlation directly with uh, increasing uh, or decreasing your dryness symptoms, but dark oily fish, um, certain nuts, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cashews, uh, almonds, what walnuts. What about the one we've heard about since we were born, carrots? 
Carrots is fantastic for the Carrots. retina. For the retina, nobody's really found a strong correlation. Not that they, it's it just hasn't been researched long mm-hmm. enough, but it does wonders for the retina, which is the back of the eye, but mm-hmm. nobody's seen any correlation between increased carrot consumption and, and decreased dryness symptoms. Well, the evaluation might be that if the eye is dry and straining itself to pick up the moisture out of the air it can't pick up, because it's dry, it would create, it would cause a strain behind the eye. Yeah, that, that's right? a reasonable assumption, yep. You know, it's called common sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not that smart. I'm always having to learn. So I, no, we all are. Uh, uh, back to uh, uh, occupational health. Sure. I've often wondered, and maybe you'd like to add this to your book too, but when people go home at night, they shouldn't be sitting on the computer all night. They should do everything they could for their health to go back to work tomorrow and, the next, and be better, more productive, shouldn't they? I agree, and that means not only the computer use should be limited, but TV use and reading a book should be limited because all Thanks. three of those tasks. Yeah, all three of those tasks have to do with staring, and when you stare, you don't blink. So anything that requires intense concentration, you should probably take it easy at night and make sure you have a certain amount of time of you just relaxing and uh, allowing your body to restore itself. Mm-hmm. You know, today before our, we went on the air, we were talking about, um, the, remember way back in time, they said don't sit close to the television set. Mm-hmm. Yes. They said don't read a book all day. Yes. I now know. we're saying they're sitting in front of the computer all day, and people have to start taking more responsibility. Yes, no question. And going home and relaxing and... Uh, using good old-fashioned, uh, listening to the music that makes you feel good, uh, knowing you're going to eat foods that you didn't eat that day to reproduce uh, your energy and uh, your elements to lubricate, uh, and then closing your eyes every once in a while and just making a practice of thinking and breathing right. There's a breathing in and breathing out. Uh, there's certain things we've got to do because when you go to work, the next day to earn your living, to put beans on the table and pay your bills, you've got to make sure you're healthy. Yes, no question. I think if if you had to ask what's the most important thing for our eye health, I would think it's a certain amount of quantity and good quality sleep. And uh-huh. that closure of your eye. And how many hours of sleep do you think our listeners should have? I think if it's possible, eight hours. Eight hours. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's, that allows the eye to get to recover. And, okay. if, you know, the more time you're spending, the computer is almost an addiction. You can stare at it, stare at it, and before you know it, it's 1 or 2 in the morning, and you've got to go to work in five hours. You're not getting mm-hmm. off on the right foot in the morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, the quality and quantity of sleep. Before we leave, and oh, could I, I hope we can do this again, um, how old do you think it should be for children who are starting on a computer very young? Do you think we too young? Yeah, I think it, I'm okay with, you know, starting in their, uh, you know, because I know even elementary schools are starting to uh, uh, input uh, computer use uh, as young as first grade. I think it's okay, but only for limited amounts of time because now these kids are using computers to not only learn but also to play video games on, and I think that's when it's become a problem, and the more they stare, the more damage you're going to do to their eyes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think computer use is okay, just uh, short short uh, amounts of time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I wish we could I, we could go on longer. I know you're busy, and I hope we can do this again. I'd like to uh, tell our listeners that the dry eye remedy is available. Uh, go online, uh, look up Dr. Robert Ladicky, and the uh, a dry eye specialist. And he said today he that's all he does. He is a dry eye specialist, and we're going to spread the word to the doctors that I work with out in the United States and the globe. I, we have, I work with the other parts of the world, too, Doctor. Yeah. And we're going to uh, really spread the word that you do believe in specializing in this. There are millions and millions of people, the doctor found out, that have dry eye. When you're blurry-eyed, you have a heavy weight behind the eye. If you have an allergy, you have dry eye symptoms. And uh, watch your children. Uh, be aware of uh, your elderly, the family members that are older, what you can do to help and assist them. But look up his book, The Dry Eye Remedy. Uh, he also, uh, we didn't talk about it today, but he was there at 9-11 because of the horrible uh, crisis that happened and the pollution in the air. We all know people who had were victimized by what happened there with the pollution. And, uh, uh, Doctor, I thank you, too. It sounds like that you did a lot there to assist them at the time. Yes, it was uh, quite an experience, and uh, I did my small part, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my heart goes out to all those that were suffering and suffered. Well, and you are in Manhattan, too, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, so everybody in Manhattan was affected, every single person in Manhattan. You bet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having you're, me. You're a very special person, and, and uh, keep up that good work of, of, of that mission. Thank you for the kind you words. You have a nice day. Take care. Thank you. To Robert Latticey, um, he has the Dry Eye Remedy book. He's that specializes in nothing but dry eye. And I'm not surprised that's going to become a specialty. You'll be surprised in time that other doctors are specializing in different optical needs and for the health, but he is one of the few doctors, he thinks maybe the only doctor, that specializes in dry eye, which is very exciting, and we will help that. Uh, we're going to get our doctors and our team and around the world to know what he's doing. Um, we'll take a moment from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with our special guest, our drinking. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Welcome back to the Sharon Klein Hour, the power of water and global warming. Today we have Art Bernstein, who's been a guest of ours many, many times. I really enjoy having Art on because he has taught myself a lot. Art, are you with us? I'm with you. 
Art, uh, before we begin today, I want our listeners to know I chose global warming as a subject, and I know that we're all understanding that it, uh, there's a political issue out there, but there's different people who have had a background, such as yourself, who also have learned a lot about the definition. Tell us before we start a little bit about your background so that when you're talking to our listeners, they'll understand your background uh, of why you have some ideas on the definition. Um, tell us about your past. Uh, yeah, I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Michigan in anthropology and a master's degree in forestry. Uh, and I've written 14 books, which are hiking trail guides, backcountry byways guides, and uh, nature guides. So you um, you feel very comfortable about uh, well for you and I to talk about global warming and, and assisting uh, some of the education and definitions. Uh, I am personally going to tell the listeners there is so much going on. Almost everything you read has something in it about global warming, and it's fascinating. But I bet people are confused. Um, for the listeners, do you have a, a, a definition of so they will understand the word global war the two words global warming. Uh, a definition? Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, when the globe warms, the, the average temperature goes up. Now, what uh, but the, the big uh, me, issue is whether it's man caused or not. That's the big now, when, issue. Okay, but when there's that it, there's different eight, uh, stages of the earth. Right. And the earth left one stage Let's call it a benchmark of 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 its uh, of its um, organism. Uh, what the end of the ice age? What happened when the when we were no longer all ice? What began then, Art? Uh, yeah, the Earth warmed up. Um, I'm not an expert on the uh, the mechanics and the science of what happens when the earth warms and school cools and the greenhouse effect and all that and the chemistry of that. Uh, I was watching a TV show on oh, was it the Natural, National Ge- Geographic Channel last night about the mini ice age, mm-hmm. uh, which was fascinating. But of course, it ended up a propaganda piece for global warming, and then they went into this whole long thing about. Uh, global warming was going to cause everything to freeze up, and you know, I mean, life as we know it was going to end. And then they they just sort of admitted in passing that that was all nonsense that somebody made up. Oh my! Uh, This is why I I am so serious about this show. It was horrible. Yeah. Well, and 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 to be fair to those who are so serious about what you call a educational propaganda, they want people to take sides. And um, my reason for wanting to, every once in a while, we're going we're to do this with different people on the description of global warming, is if if I, and you have enough education to correct me, and and I'll be I'm very objective about this art. Mm-hmm. When the we the Earth goes has gone, and the planet Earth has gone in many stages for how many years? Art millions, millions of years. Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah. So it goes through those stages. It goes for back so far, and there's so many fluctuations. Uh, I mean, and, and it goes through its even changes. Even before, before the dinosaurs, th- th- there was uh, exactly. 
there was a big cold snap that almost you know wiped out all life on Earth, and that certainly wasn't uh, exactly. And that wasn't man-made auto emissions, or you know. Um, and uh, and and I'm going to be guessing because I am not authority, and I am never going to tell anybody I'm smart because I love learning something new every day. And then what I've learned, I like. I know there's always more to learn, but. When those Earth went through, the planet Earth went through all those stages with the solar system, and it came along to an ice age that we're very somewhat familiar with. And we still have Antarctica ice, and we still have, like you, you were teaching us about ice caves and glaciers right, and yeah. more. We've been learning a lot on this show about this. But what happened then, Art, and with you, let's just say, who is an expert? Because even the experts are arguing. Uh, let's say there was a stage that came along, and the ice began to melt, and there was really very few homo sapiens, if any at all, uh, people, and uh, it began to get warmer. Was that the beginning of a global warming? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, because the ice began to melt. Yeah, and then there was a slight uh, reversal uh, in the 1600s and 1700s. Thank so you. Okay, we're coming of... forward. Yeah. And, yeah. and let's just say to the listeners, nobody's an expert, really. Everybody has a theory and evaluation, and because the experts are even arguing, sadly. And that's what concerned me about the political issues, uh, is it's not politics. It's happening. Yeah. And uh, when we're coming along, then the Earth began, would, would you explain, because you do have a better knowledge of that than I have, that when it says global warming, the Earth is getting warmer, is that or warmer in the, in the atmosphere or warmer at the surface? Um, Could it be both? Both, yeah. Uh, it's also uh, the warmth is, is trapped. It doesn't dissipate. Now explain the, that you uh, you lose some in listeners. The, the war, the, uh, well, the, the greenhouse effect, uh, which is increase in carbon dioxide, causes uh, heat not to rise as high and dissipate into the atmosphere. So it just sort of bounces back down and, and stays around longer. But I so guess the carbon I dioxide is staying at the surface, different places on the Earth, longer. Carbon dioxide in, in the air, yeah. Yeah, and the carbon dioxide, if there's too much carbon dioxide, it does uh, relate to uh, the health of the earth and uh, the weather, obviously, too, because uh, there's different scientists saying it's the weather that's going on now that has this effect. Yeah, now I'm not in favor of air pollution, and I'm not in favor of uh, emitting greenhouse gases, you know. Uh, no, no. I'm not in favor of any of that. Well, we have a lot but to learn. I also learn. remember when I was uh, 10 years old, they kept telling us that uh, the earth is warming up then. This was in the 1950s. And mm-hmm. that in 10 years, New York was, or 20 years, New York was going to be underwater, and New Orleans was going to be underwater, and Los Angeles was going to be underwater. And this was all supposed to happen by the 1970s, and it never happened. Mm-hmm. So, well, everybody's uh, still learning, just and need because to, remember, to have a need to to scare each other for for power or, or whatever. Well, or or the fact that people really in research believe that, uh, and then somebody comes along and says, "Give you a sure evaluation," and then the person who interprets it goes out into a 
audience and starts making it more of a misunderstanding of a political issue. And there's where I'm coming from. Um, yeah. It's not politics. It's not taking sides. We're all living on this planet Earth together. And uh, what is happening in different countries of the world with uh, the genocide is because those countries don't have any water. Yeah. Water is more valuable than oil. Did I ever Without tell you water, my... the earth is no longer going to be here. I mean fresh water. I'm not talking about the ocean. And the more the ocean comes up and the waters decrease and the earth is getting warmer at the surface like your skin. Oh, that's uh, I always true. look at I'm... art like the the walking people, all life on Earth has warmth at the skin level. At the, and uh, all of a sudden you become working, living on the Earth, and the Earth is getting warmer. You're warm. You're 98 degrees. And uh, if you go above 90, you're already dehydrating like the Earth is dehydrating, losing water, losing moisture. Yeah, I've told you uh, my story. Uh, you know, I've been a, a hiker for decades. And this is what I like to do on the weekend. I hike and you know, I've done it all over the country. I've done it in the most beautiful, biggest wilderness areas in the country. In the 1970s, you could hike into any wilderness, and if you were thirsty, you just get on your hands and knees by a creek and drink. And uh, if you do that now, you're crazy. Yeah, they're warning against, uh, and are you finding that when you're hiking in, there are no more creeks? Um, diminishing? I, I've seen some extended droughts, and I remember back in the 50s and 60s when I first moved out west, we used to have these big snowstorms, you know, a couple times a winter, and there'd be three or four feet of snow on the ground, and then now, uh, you know, we go five years without any snow whatsoever in the valleys. Mm -hmm. But we did have some really good winters uh, about 10 years ago. So. Throughout the United States and, and other parts of the world now, you've been hearing about the flooding in England today. And so around the United States, the flooding, lots of rains coming down, very, very uh, uh, tropical, I would say. Uh, and, of course, I'm not the expert, but uh, they, it's getting warmer. Have you heard, Art, and maybe you can comment on this, that the warmer the Earth becomes, the more... Uh, mosquitoes and, and insects we're going to have. And that's something that people should be aware of when they're outside at all time and spiders. Um, I've heard more about more spider bites and Lyme disease and problems and people need to p take cautions and put something on your skin always before uh, insect repellents, before you go out to go hike and go out into the woods, even maybe even to your own yards if you have a lot of trees because um, uh, the, the earth is getting warmer and there's more of a tropical um, uh, heat going on in even parts of the world that never had it. Art, do you have any closing comments that you would like the listeners to hear from your background, which is spend all your life with the outdoors, uh, this planet Earth? Is there something that you would like to share with the listeners? Hmm, I'd have to think about that a minute, and okay. I don't think I have a minute. So. Well, uh, real quickly then, uh, I was talking, we were talking about global warming, but what I mean is, is there's something that you, that they could be educating themselves about, uh, signs of things that are interesting, and make it a, a fascination each day when you get out of bed and live on this earth of what's going on. Notice the sky, notice the air, notice where you're at, notice how you're living your life, and, and all uh, uh, that's what I'm saying, Art. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, 
Uh, about your thing about the insects, uh, I always got the impression that there were more insects uh, in, like, northern Canada mm-hmm. um, than there are uh, in the tropics. But, you know, I, I, that was just the thought that popped well, up. Well, that's a fascination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Our a picture once of uh, Canada, somebody water skiing on a lake above the Arctic Circle, and there was a—it looked like her hair was blowing in the wind. But those were a swarm of gnats following her. It was what? I said it looked like her hair blowing in the wind behind her, but it was actually a huge swarm of gnats following her. I'll be uh huh. <laughs> so, and this is where and where was this? Uh, Inuvik, uh, Northwest Territories. I'll be darn. Oh my, huh? <laughs> That was fascinating. Well, Art, thank you for joining us today. We've learned a lot from you, and uh, we will hope to have you back one day. I appreciate you giving us your time. Thank you. You have a nice day, Art. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, listeners, uh, coming from where I am each week to share with you, um, water is my issue, and I believe... Uh, and we need to study this. I'm, I can't say I'm right, and I can't say all the, anybody who tries to enforce the fact that I am right. I keep saying, let's go learn more. But global warming means depletion of water also. And I am a believer that oil is not as important. Nothing is more important than we protecting our water and making it safe and making it fresh water abundant to us. Educate ourselves, drink water every day when you get out of bed. You uh, and your life on this earth go together. With earth has to have the water, you have to have the water to live, to detoxify and be healthy. Water is a vital, is a vital to life and a solvent. And always remember over your skin as you drink it, uh, to, in the eyes as a mister, Anytime you're using a clean, pure water, that's a solvent. That's life on earth. And the air you're breathing today is getting drier. And indoor conditions are forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, chemistry in your paints, the synthetics in your furniture. All that is pulling out of you. And then you're walking outside when there's supposed to be moisture in the air also that you can't see. And remember, I'm talking about the moisture you can't see that has to be there to lubricate you as a solvent to be part of your life. It's not as there as the way it was. You need to start learning how you're going to bring that to your life. Take responsibility. Learn more. And that's what this show will be all about. Water is a commodity, and don't take it for granted. It has to survive our life. Let's join together and make sure that this world will have an eternity. I had a scientist recently say, I don't know if there will be an eternity, because without water, you can't, this earth will not make it. Uh, the advantage for all life on water is uh, the supply is changing very drastically. So let's think about it. Uh, your pipes in your houses, are they safe? Uh, dr- buy the water at the store. It's not expensive anymore. You can buy cases and bring it home. Uh, there's a lot of innocent uh, happening with bacteria and disease that are very common because of lack of water, bad water. And like I said earlier, 6,000 children are dying a day around the world with lack of water. Wars are causing because of lack of water. People are afraid. There is no water. And maybe that's the challenges we're having with war. Maybe we haven't figured out what it really is about because we wherever, water is vital. 
I would like to close today with um, a thought uh, that Earth has a secret. Embrace your life, every precious moment, and everyone else's life, too. Don't take their life for granted. Earth is whispering, I know in our prayers, never say goodbye. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. Thank you.